Welcome to the November episode of Amiga Ireland. I'm Irla. I'm Rob. And I'm Luke. And in today's episode, we'll be talking about Agony, the gorgeous game where you control an owl. Terrible Fire 1260 Accelerator goes open source. And DV Player gets uh, updated. Uh, this and a lot more, and you can check the show notes on our website or in your podcast app. And joining us today, we have Alex with us. Alex, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Uh, hi, everybody uh, from Rome. Yeah, yeah, well, from Rome. Yeah, you're missed, you're missed in the museum and in Galway, I can tell you that. But thanks so much for your help with, uh, you know, the setting up of the event and, you know, the, the website and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's been great. I'm only looking forward to it happening. And that's the first news item that we have. So let's move on to the news. Amiga Ireland 2022 Beer Edition. This is going to happen on January 28th and 29th. So you can pre-book your tickets now on our website. The venue is the Prince of Wales Hotel. And if you've been there before, it will be a little bit different because we have more space this time. And we may even have an online option similar to last January, thanks to Aaron, who's been sussing out the details there. Lots going on behind the scene, but we'll wait uh, to announce uh, details uh, later on when uh, a bit more is confirmed. So that's Amiga Ireland 2022 Beer Edition. Um, the Terrible Fire 1260 has uh, been opened up, so um, so people can basically make their own if, if, if you want to, and you can uh, you can download the Gerber files and produce your own PCBs, and the uh, the, the programming files, the firmware files are available as well. Um, this is this is great. So this happened because uh, Stephen Leary, who makes them, had a had a target of about 500 devices in mind, and so we have had or they have had. They've built 500 uh, himself and the, the guys who have been building them and they're out in the field now. So there are 500 of these uh, 060 accelerators out there now. And now anyone can uh, can build one if they want. So you, sh- you should expect to see a good few of them showing up in stores here and there. DV Player for uh, Amiga OS 4 gets updated to version 54.7. DV Player is an ongoing project to bring the ultimate multimedia experience to the Amiga computers. Um, it is a unique and Amiga-only multimedia player developed by Amiga enthusiasts for Amiga enthusiasts. Um, it supports a lot of different file formats and it's got a very nice and neatly built uh, graphical user interface. And speaking of software update, Guide ML, an Amiga Guide file format to HTML converter, just got it, its first update in 13 years. Now, despite the time that has passed, it's a matter of date, really. It's a 315 to 316, uh, but it mainly is here for providing support for OS 3.2 and maintaining compatibility for, with OS 4. Even though there are no new features uh, in this release, it's still really appreciated that there is still support for updates on Amiga OS version, really. Yeah, and it's a great way to get uh, Amiga Guide stuff out onto the web if you wanted to host something, which is nice. Uh, Now, Breaking Even, an album released on Bandcamp that was created entirely on an Amiga 600. Um, Now... This was produced by Gwem, and it's described as an authentic 1992-style breakbeat hardcore rave 
uh, uh, album produced 100% on the Amiga 600. I had a listen and it's really nice actually, so check it out. A completely rewritten version of Rowdy, a Roadshow TCP IP stack, uh, has been released. Uh, it's got uh, also Envy uh, Variable Roadshow Online. This can be used with custom title bar in Amiga OS 3.2. It will simply read online or offline. A simple tool, but it might be very useful for people who use the uh, Roadshow TCP IP stack. Shout out to Graham in the Scottish Amiga group for that. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> so the MU68 developer has just um, shared his uh, presentation at AMI West and, and put it online for everybody to peruse. Now, MU68 is a just-in-time translator of um, Motorola 68000 instructions to R, being conceived with a many different goals at the same time, but one of its main goals ultimately will be the ability to boot AROS and Amiga OS, which is also interesting uh, for another reason, that the ARM architecture is being by many considered as the top candidate still developing and implementing Amiga software if nobody were to make PowerPC processors anymore. So this is definitely something to look into also if you're uh, interested in, you know, compiler architecture and just-in-time translation. Hippoplier, one of the uh, best-known and well-known, actually, um, module players. It's my favorite, actually, one. And uh, after having been you know, like a dormant for nearly 20 years or more than 20 years, it gets re regular updates. And this is yet another update. This time, the new equalizer named Pateranoscope XL has been added. Uh, additional plugins for the uh from actually the eagle player and uh, some bug fixes and the new uh, engine updated so uh apo player seems to be growing with every release so i i i really look forward to using it because uh it's very nice and now moving to print commodore amiga a visual compendium Uh, is a book now available for pre-order and will be out at the end of this month. Now, this book, containing graphical highlights of the great and vibrant Amiga production, complete with commentary, is the result of an extremely successful kickstarting campaign and also a follow-up to similar initiatives that we've seen uh, in the past years for the Commodore 64, ZX Spectrum, the NES as well. So if you really are interested in the highlights and the beauty of uh, Amiga graphics, really, you should really look into it. I, th I think it's a pre-order for a, re a reissue of that book because I, I have that book here and it is a lovely book. It really is nice. Um, and I think it sold out a couple of years ago. And so this is, uh, it's nice to see that it's yeah, going to become available again. Um, but yeah, it's gorgeous as, a, as a, you know, as, as these things go. And um, yeah, very proud of having it here. But it's still, <laughs> it's my chance to get a hold of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because uh, you know, the, a lot, of, a lot of these things are kind of they're quite specialist. Uh, these books, and uh, you know, you get a, a, a run of a thousand or whatever it is, and and that's it. And then kind of like suddenly, oh, you know, I, I missed out on that. So, so it's good, good to see it's getting uh, getting a second chance. Now, Media Vault has had new features added, and this um, this is an app we've talked about before. It's a fantastic media app that allows you to play. Um, well, in 
podcasts, among other media sources. And the latest uh, features that have been added to this OS4 app are the ability to mark favourite radio stations and podcasts, uh, as well as, um, you know, listen, there's a listen next feature. So this is by George in Dublin. Uh, well done, George. It's uh, becoming more and more like the podcast app on my phone, actually. It's really excellent. Uh, it's really excellent and modern and fresh. Okay, so um, we have our magazine section. And uh, this time there is yet another magazine to talk about. Do you want to tell us about it, Alex? Yeah, rather than a magazine, uh, I talk about a fanzine, which is uh, actually even rarer to see these days, especially on paper in the Amiga scene scene that uh, magazines are. And this is Amiga Germany. So we're happy to announce that the Erstausgabe, the first edition, <laughs> is out. And uh, it features actually several replays of classic games like uh, Dune, the first one by Cryo, uh, Apedia, Dogs of War, but also a preview of uh, the A500 Mini and a few nice goodies. Uh, I have to admit, uh, my German is not quite on par with, you know, with what is needed today to understand even a fanzine. But I'm, I'm just, I probably just try and get a hold of a copy, and use it poss possibly to train my language skills or fall back to the lovely media that would definitely be there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've forgotten so much of my German, but it'd be a very nice way to um, try and refresh it. Yeah. Ich will mein Deutsch verbessern. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ja, ich bin zwei und, und ein, zwei, drei, vierzig Jahre alt. <laughs> ich wohne in Galway, ja, in, in Irland. I, ich, wo wohnst du, wie er alt bist? Oh, uh, yeah. Used to, used to speaking, uh, speak German as well, but a uh, long, long time ago, more than 30 years ago, I think, we had it in our primary school. And of course, there's always du, du hast, oh. du hast mich. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I might just well, give it a whirl. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely, yeah, I might join you. I did get Amiga Joker, actually, in German a while back uh, with the intention as well of, of doing the same thing. So, oh, yeah, that yeah, was serious stuff, really. Amiga Joker was one of the most authoritative magazines back in the day. Now, over to the sports desk where it's time for some sensible updates. Thanks, Bridget. Very professional. In sensible world of soccer news, the online European League has wrapped up and Nesteroid has been crowned the overall winner. He's closely followed up by Yash Alcock and Kripke. Uh, now, there's a lot of video to watch online as well. The Cup Final, which went down to penalties as well, worth a view. You can find more results and video at sensiblesoccer.de and congrats to all involved. That's all from the sports desk for this month. Goal! Next, gaming news. Well, I got my boxed copy of Turbo Tomato in the post just a few days ago. It's fantastic. Um, the packaging is really good. The game is great. There has been uh, new levels, uh, new, you know, finesse added to it to uh, lower the entry level for maybe kids and to keep it, you know, edgy for uh, the older people. And I absolutely love it. Um, it's fantastic. Go and get it. TurboTomato.com. 
Now, there's a, a port of the game Jackal available, and this was uh, written for the Ami Game Jam this year, and it, it looks very good. It's a port of the a NES game. Well, it's, it, I think it was an arcade game first, and then there was a NES game. And um, so this, it's a top-down shooter driving around in a Jeep kind of thing, and it, you know, I haven't played it, it, but it looks very good, and I just saw only, only just today that um, there's been an update to it and an updated demo that you can uh, download and play. So this is on itch.io, and um, if you if you do like the demo, you can uh, it's it's one of these games you can pay what you want to support the developer, and uh, you know it, it really looks great. Like so, I can't wait to try it out. And yet another game. Um, this time um, a game we've been talking about for quite some time. Um, Briley Witch Chronicles by Sarah Jane Avery, and it finally gets released. Um, this is a really beautiful. RPG Japanese inspired RPG game if you've uh, if you've uh, if you've seen Zelda and or if you've played Zelda you'll be at home uh, it's 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 absolutely beautiful um, a massive amount of work has been put uh, into this game hours and hours of of, of gameplay the 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 author uh, claims that uh, 16 hours on C64, 16 hours of C64 with normal play is available, actually. It's really beautifully story-driven following the plot of the uh, uh, Briley Witch novels. It's got turn-based combat uh, also with cats, <laughs> because cat is one of the uh, characters also in these games. Um, um, you can make you you can make powerful uh, powerful uh, potions, and uh, you've got lots of characters to uh, to talk to. And what is more, it supports two buttons for C sixty four GS. Can be also played with one joystick. It's got save and load to either a cartridge or a discs. Uh, it supports PAL and NTSC. Uh, machines uh, as well as the C64 Mini and uh, Maxi so uh, the game can be downloaded from uh, itch.io and it costs only $9.99 so if you if you if you like you know, like of things like uh, witches magic potions uh, the, uh, the, and also Japanese-inspired RPG. I'm absolutely sure you won't be disappointed. The the game is absolutely beautiful. And uh, go and just buy it. Another game currently in development is Devil's Temple. Now the story behind this one is that it started off as a um, enhanced port of the arcade game Kung Fu Master, also known as Spartan X. And this was being developed by Graham Cowie, uh, a.k.a. McGeezer. You might remember him from his work on developing the excellent uh, version of uh, Riga for AGA-based Amiga. Um, and it turns out that after a while of working on this port, he decided it should just branch off into a full original game. So this uh, revised game, of which currently I have only seen screenshots because, because it's still heavily under development, it does bear, however, strong graphical similarities with his spiritual successor to Kung Fu Master, also by Arim, that was Vigilante. And I'm bringing this one up uh, today with you guys because uh, you might remember that the Amiga port of Vigilante, whatever you may think of it, was actually made by an Irish team that was um, Emerald Software from Waterford. So 
here's oh. looking into you know whether this uh, let's say alternative re heavily revised version might actually best the original Porto Vigilante. Let's see where it goes. <laughs> very good, very good. Right now, Darkest Hour, a multi-platform text adventure ported to Amiga by ZXET7. Uh, now, I haven't tried this, so I can only say that it exists, but you can follow the link to get more details and see if you think it's worth your time. It does run on everything, Linux, Mac, Windows, Amiga, Commodore 64, I think. Um, another chance to practice your typing skills, if nothing else. But if it prompted somebody to uh, do a port on their own bat, um, I'm sure it's a decent text adventure. The Shadows of Surgot, an RPG game uh, set to be released this month and already uh, ever available for pre-order. Now, this is a dungeon crawler, uh, heavily inspired uh, from and based on a game on the Amstrad CPC 6128 uh, that came out just um, sort of three years ago. And it was an impressive game then on the Amstrad CPC. It's a first-person dungeon crawler along the lines of uh, Eye of the Beholder more than the originated Dungeon Master. It really looks impressive, considering that it's uh, going to be for classic Amigas, although they will be required to have two megabytes of chip RAM on board. That basically means I won't be able to play it on my expanded A500, even if with eight megabytes on board of fast RAM, but anyone with a, um, A600 or more, or even those who have been brave enough to modify their uh, older Amiga boards to have Two megabytes of chip RAM will be able to enjoy it on the native machine. Now, Oil Worker has been ported to OS4. This was a Python game, and now you can play it on Amiga on your desktop. Uh, it's one of those games where you have to assemble pipes as the fluid starts to flow through, and you have to make a path from the source of the oil uh, to the tank where it all has to end up. And there's a money element too, and it costs you to destroy a pipe if you want to change it for something else. It does look fun and addictive, I have to say. Um, it looks like quite a present game for those of you on OS4. That's Oil Worker. And Formula One Grand Prix didn't get hit so hard by the pandemic after all, because it did just get its new car set for the 2021 Formula 1 season. So, as you probably know, F1GP is uh, one of the games that have been receiving most fun updates in the, uh, in the Amiga scene over the years, and it has been receiving a steady supply of car sets uh, for every yearly Formula 1 season. Uh, they might have skipped um, one or two uh, in the past decade, but we have seen car sets uh, for 2019 and 2020, and now we just got the, the one for the new year. Let's hope for 2022. That's great. Well, hopefully that is enough gaming news to keep you busy until next time we talk to you. Uh, now we have some discoveries in our discovery section where we talk about interesting things we've learned since the previous podcast episode. Alex, you're up first. Right. So, I just came across a series of video tutorials on uh, Amiga 68000 assembly programming, available both in English and in Italian. 
The reason being that this YouTube series is based on a book on paper that was published in 2016 and the author Fabio Trucci, also known as Randy of the Ram Jam Group. And interestingly, uh, you might remember there was already a series on Amiga 68 assembly programming on YouTube, uh, but the author in that case was the aforementioned MacGeezer, the man behind Rigor and Devil's Temple. The authors of this one have been so kind as to provide it in, in both languages, it's an additional great resource worth looking into. For a fun fact on that, I should actually mention that if you look at the Italian version of it, the assembly language is not called assembly, but assembler. This is a historical flaw that has always been there ever since Italians started to program in assembly. For reasons to me always unknown, we always called it assembler. I program assembler. But it's still nice that uh, they somehow willfully and knowingly remain true to this historical mistake. <laughs> Just a fun fact. <laughs> Very good. Now, Eyebrows, uh, my discovery, Eyebrows supports IFF files in HTML. So I did a quick experiment and made the most basic web page you can in HTML. And in the for the IMG elements to display a picture, you normally where you'd have a GIF or a JPEG or whatever. Um, I embedded an IFF image as well, and they all worked. They were the same, the same images displayed. So. Yeah, it was, I was quite surprised actually to see that. I wasn't really expecting it to work. Yeah, so uh, yeah, obviously, if uh, somebody is you know visiting your website with you know a browser like Firefox or something on the machine, you know it probably won't. I'm assuming won't uh, load the IFF file um, without you know some kind of a plugin uh, to support it. But uh, it is nice that uh, you know for the um, Amiga-centric sites we can just use IFF if we feel like it. Another bit of news from Italy, a very nice article, both English and Italian, on Genesis Temple provides a retrospective on a software house from Italy called Dynabot. Now, they were one of the last game publishers active in Italy during the Commodore era of Amiga. You might know them for short series of two great adventure games. First one was Nippon Safes Incorporated, followed by The Big Red Adventure, before they move, eventually moved to the PC. They had also uh, developed uh, an almost unfinished uh, versus fighting game called Tube Warrior. Now, what is interesting uh, here is that if you have a look at the, um, at the retrospective article, the, the members, the former members of Dynabite themselves will say that they doubt that this game called Tube Warriors was ever released. They, they only uh, became aware uh, of confirmation that it was released because uh, they found box scans of the published game on Moby Games. And they don't know this, but guess who it was who uploaded those box scans to Moby Games? Oh. Oh, that. Mm -hmm. mm. <laughs> your, yours true. Oh, excellent. Oh, wow. <laughs> Good man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good man, Alex. Well, I have, um, I have a discovery here um, about Agony, the game. Um, and I see actually... Uh, um, Alex, you, you have one as well related to Agony coming up afterwards, which is a coincidence. But, but uh, they're, they're different. Yeah. They're different anyway, thankfully. So um, Agony uh, is that well-known game where you control an owl. It was created by Art and Magic in Belgium, and they wanted to make the most technically advanced shoot-em-up on the Amiga at the time. That was kind of their ambition. And uh, they looked at all the best achievements in games, such as sprites, graphics, number of playing fields, and so on. And they tried to beat as many of these as they could. They were really competitive. Um, 
so they were really happy with their work and when they demoed it at a trade show uh, Cygnosis liked it and invited them to dinner to talk about you know how they might uh, improve it further and make it kind of more marketable and so on and so forth so um they both wanted the same future for the game and a deal was agreed so Art and Magic um, liked Cygnosis so much that they made the main character an owl from that point on, just kind of as a, as a tribute to Cygnosis. And yet another one. I swear it's just a coincidence. We didn't plan this, but I came across a live piano cover of the Agony Tidal theme by Tim Wright. Uh, this is up on YouTube. It was just uh, posted like... Mm, three days ago, at the time of this recording, and it's beautifully executed on an electrical piano by Grazia Pizzuto. She's actually a German uh, pianist who has done similar covers. You will find one uh, also very, very beautiful of her theme from the first level of Turrican 2, because uh, she's not the first to have covered it, and there was actually a past cover of that song from 25 years ago that was rather controversial. Uh, because it was featured in an album of a Norwegian black metal band that I'm not going to, ne- to mention, but uh, they did not credit Tim Wright for the theme, although it was blatantly an extremely close rendition Dear. of that song. You say, what does he have to do with black metal? Well, sometimes you need atmospheric parts, so that's what it was. And anyway, this time we get a real proper cover that credits uh, Tim Wright and Agony as a game. Well, for what is due. Well, nice. Very nice. Tim, Very nice. just as a, as a sort of a bonus bit of information there, Tim Wright uh, did the, much of the music for Lemmings and is also known as Cold Storage, who is responsible for most of the music in the first couple of Wipeout games. So uh, oh, well. there you go. Yeah. Some, yeah. Uh, you know, some significant talent there in his own right on, you know, even, you know, not even talking about the cover here. Yeah. Yeah, he and I actually talked about this uh, blackmail yeah. version, so to speak, uh, of his song. Of course, we uh, uh, we did it in, like in, in private, not publicly, because again, you know, uh, there might be issues mm-hmm. if if we were to mention what the band was. It's not hard to find out. Right. Well, let's move on to our eyebrows section. And uh, this is where we look at websites that are a pleasure to use, even on classic Amigas. And uh, this month, the first website is called Based Cooking. Um, now, this is one of my favorite recipes ever was a chickpea and chorizo stew, which was cooked in sherry. Um, if you like meat and alcohol, I swear you'll be in heaven if you, um, if you, if you try this recipe. Um, I got that from Nigel Slater's website, actually, so you can, you can find it there. But... Um, it's the only recipe from that website I use. Um, I find recipes kind of all over the place, so I wouldn't normally recommend a single recipe website for that reason. But this one just happens to be a particularly excellent and diverse website, and it absolutely flies on eyebrows. It's called Based.Cooking, 
and it has a few standout recipes from around the world, including Western favourites like pizza, steak, mulled wine, Irish coffee. Uh, there's vegetarian recipes too, fish as well. What's great about it is that as soon as you visit the site, you get a list of tags at the top to help you narrow things down. Um, so if you, if you want that, but I just browse it for ideas since there, there's so much variety there. You can search by country uh, if you want to do that instead. There are plenty to choose from, uh, from every continent, I think. Um, so see for yourself and uh, if the best dishes of your homeland are missing, they accept submissions. Um, the submission process itself uses GitHub. So um, if you're not familiar um, with it, um, send an email to info at amigiusers.ie and we'll add your recipe on your behalf. <laughs> The other side of website is the Internet Death Cult of Fun. This is a unique website with a lot of personality and humor. When you arrive at the landing page, it begins uh, the job of trying to convince you to join this death cult of fun by explaining the benefits. <laughs> if you remember that character from Monkey Island who sold the ships, uh, Stan, I think uh, of was his name. <laughs> yeah, Stan. <laughs> yeah. The man. It starts off like that. Mm. Um, there are just a few paragraphs with the next button at the bottom. Take a look and let us know how far <laughs> you got before you gave up or if you gave up. You do get a reward for making it to the end, but no cheating. <laughs> Read everything. Very good, very good. I like the look of this one. Internet tech cult of fun. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, God, okay. Let's move on to Ask Amiga. This is just a, a topic that was being uh, bandied about on um, on one of the Amiga forums there earlier, and it's about, you know, this, this sort of phenomenon where some games wouldn't work when you had a floppy drive or anything else plugged into the Amiga, and... And and kind of the question is like why you know why did that even happen why is it important whether an extra floppy drive is added to the system or not and but basically what's ha what's happening is that the Amiga automatically detects a lot of the hardware and in in that way it's quite a you know it has quite a clever system quite a clever um, OS hardware initialization setup on it so um, so when it starts the boot process it looks for all this additional hardware and it starts adding. Um, well, it starts allocating memory for buffers. So, you know, so if if, if you've got a Zorro card, it will try and lo load a driver for it. it. If you've got a, you know, a, a hard drive partition or a, a floppy drive, it will assign buffers. And, you know, these, these things all take up a little bit of RAM and that's kind of, that's where your extra little bit of memory goes. And that's, you know, if, if a game runs particularly close to the limit, then it's going to be affected by that now. But, um, but yeah, what, what, what the buffers are, it's essentially just a cache. So um, and and how it's used is down to the actual file system that's used. So on on a floppy uh, drive, for example, I think it defaults to about twenty buffers. And what what that means is that twenty blocks from the disk can be kept in memory at any one time, usually to speed up operations. So typically, what it would do is if it was if if it was reading a number of blocks consecutively. It might read in three or four in a row and hold them in RAM because chances are, if you're reading a big file, it will be, it'll, you know, it'll sit on se across several blocks one after another after another, and then you, you're speeding up the whole process. Um, some blocks so, or some some of the buffers are used for keeping things like directory listings and stuff. So so um, so once you view a directory on a floppy disk, you don't have to reread the floppy disk to re 
display that directory and that obviously greatly speeds things up in file requesters and uh, you know and in workbench and so so there are a lot of little benefits like that that are that come from these buffers um you can but yeah basically because each buffer corresponds to one block the amount of ram it takes up depends on the block size now for a floppy disk that's typically half a kilobyte so 512 bytes so 20 buffers is about 10 kilobytes for your floppy drive um, but you can adjust that. There's a, an Amiga DOS command uh, called uh, add buffers, and you can use that to adjust the number of buffers either up or down. So you can say add add buffers df0 uh, minus 10, and what that, that will take 10 buffers away, so, so it'll leave you with just 10. And, you know, you, can, you, you won't hurt anything by doing this. It's not a permanent thing. So, um, so you can experiment and see, see the effect it has on the system. But, um, you know, adding buffers helps with a lot of stuff you know if you have the ram to spare um especially um especially certain operations like i say with with large directories and stuff like that even on hard disks which tend to run more buffers than that but yeah each each partition will have its own buffer count which is kind of set up by um you can set that in hd toolbox and you assign a certain number of buffers to the partition depending on the version of um HD toolbox that was used, it will default to like either thirty or eighty, depending on the setup. But um, but it's, it's, it's worth bearing in mind as well that because the block size and hard drive can be bigger, sometimes that can translate to a lot more RAM. Now, if you have lots of RAM, like if you got one of these uh, sixty-four megs or one hundred twenty-eight megs fast RAM cards, you know, a hundred buffers, one hundred fifty buffers is probably kind of the point where it stops stops making a difference. But you know, you you could throw in, you you can be throwing a couple of megabytes at, at the partition then. But if you have all the RAM there, then it's it's uh, not a big deal. And it certainly improves things when you're kind of, you know, traversing directories and uh, loading large files and things things like that, because it's it's basically sort of taking, taking a good guess at what you might do next or what you might need and uh, storing that in RAM rather than having to reread the disk. So that's, that's, that's where that memory goes. Every, every partition, every device that's mounted Will have buffers allocated from from your RAM, and if you're particularly tight on RAM, it might affect you. But otherwise, it's kind of a yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a good thing. And uh, yeah, so that's but that's that's where it goes, and it's part of uh, part of the Amiga OS initialization process. Thanks, Rob. And actually, on the subject of uh, questions and asking Amiga, Steve uh, forwarded me a message. So we, we had somebody getting in touch asking about the value of Amiga, their Amiga game collection and uh, a question as well about their hard disk. So um, for the value of your games, right, if you've just kind of, you know, found your, your old Amiga and, don't, you know, you're new to the scene, is to uh, the best thing to do is just go online to either um, Amibay or eBay um, or something like that, or if you're in Ireland, adverts.ie or Dundeal. And you can kind of see what they're going for there. Now, they're not necessarily going for reasonable prices there. So, um, uh, you know, it's kind of up to yourself to what you want to sell them for. And there are groups as well on the social media websites um, there. Um, and the, then as far as your hard disk goes, if it's acting strange, you know, making funny noises or whatever, unreliable. What I personally did was when I got my Amiga, it had a small, I think it had a 40 megabyte or 80 megabyte hard disk in it or something like that. Um, 
I just went online um, and I just bought a, a new disc. Um, I got a hard disc from, I got um, it an SSD, I think I got an, SS, an SD card drive or something like that from Retro Ready. And I got a floppy drive, a new brand new floppy drive from um, Amiga Kit. And the reason I did that was I didn't want to be putting new discs into an old floppy drive and getting gunk on them. And uh, conversely, I did not want to be putting old game discs into my new floppy drive, so I didn't put those in mm-hmm. either. Um, I, I, you know, um, created new floppies uh, for all that kind of stuff or launched them straight from the hard disk. So um, oh, that's helpful and good luck with your uh, new find. Absolutely. Just to add, for um, if you're looking on eBay in particular, um, but on all the sites, it kind of makes sense to do it. Um, make sure you're looking at the, the items that actually sold because... You know, sometimes people speculate and just put something up for 100 quid or 200 quid or whatever. And that's not necessarily going to sell at that price. And you find that some are listed 100 and then they drop to 80, then they drop to 60 and then they sell. And so, you know, if you're doing a search, you can go into the options and choose to look at the sold items. And on Amibay, you've got a, a sold tag on the start of it on the start of it, each thread if it's been sold. So, um, you know, so it's just worth keeping an eye on that because that's how much someone is actually willing to pay for something like that. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. Yeah, sorting by sold, see what they actually sold for. Um, so, okay, that's the end of this episode. Um, Alex, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, thanks, guys, uh, for, for coming together for another episode. Um, on- Thank you so much for having me again. That's really fantastic. Yeah, it's great. It's over over the years. Yeah, it's a great arm shot. When we started having people on, the idea was to get through everyone that had ever been to the event. But um, honestly, I don't think we're ever going <laughs> to ever going to get there optimistic um, right so um, until next time music was by Virtual Dimensions by Jogaioli and Extend see you next month and in the meantime take care and as I said at the beginning visit amigausers.ie and uh, add yourself to the waitlist to be notified when tickets go on sale for the event uh, at the end of January now the song of the month is Curzon by Uberfox came 7th in the Amiga Ireland mod competition in January 2021. Here we go. Take care and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. 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 Das ist der Hammer. Gehen Sie mit dem Küste und nehmen Sie die...
erste Strasse rechts, fuhr zwei Kilometer und es ist auf der linken Seite.